Hello Saints of Central Vineyard, grace and peace to you this first Sunday of Advent. Have you heard the phrase, it's a means to an end? It's a saying meaning that to get to an outcome that we want to get to, we will fit the right means or methods to the process to achieve it. It can be a negative phrase, such as those who worked an awful and low paying job while being a student at uni, just scraping through while studying before getting to the desired better job after graduation. It can also be a positive phrase, such as what we've recently seen on the global stage with COP26 taking place. You know, to get to the end goal of a carbon zero planet, world leaders have been deciding on our global steps to get there, our means and our methods. Even though this will mean significant changes, to get to that end, we must commit to these means. So, while speaking about the actual steps taken, it's also a phrase that speaks of the way in which we get to the outcome. You know, did we do it with honesty? Did we compromise our integrity? Did we do it with care or negligence? You know, sometimes awful or unethical things have been done in the pursuit of achieving a greater goal, and then they've just been sort of shrugged off with a simple, well, it was just a means to an end. Or, or what about authors who speak of writing their books, not by some single hit of writing euphoria, but by way of sheer determination, experiencing the gritty daily discipline to show up to their desk each morning and write something through their writer's block. Now, I saw the other day, a billboard for a Christmas ad, and it had the subline, a way to show you love her. It was being implied that by passing on this advertised product, <coughs> um, expensive jewelry, <coughs> you were conveying your love for the recipient. Your gift was a way to show your love. So to speak of means to an end is to speak of the way of getting somewhere, as in the literal steps that we take. Step one, step two, step three and reaching the end. But it is also to speak of the way of getting somewhere as in how we traveled as the travelers to that end. We went on the way of love or the way of suffering or even the way of Jesus. So today we're beginning Advent together, our Advent journey for 2021. And I think that this idea of means and ends and ways is an important one to raise as we start. In a few weeks, we're going to get to a significant event to end the year, Christmas, and what an end it will be for this year. The last three months have been tough going. It's been a grueling slog, leaving a lot of us feeling exhausted, restricted, disordered, and the promise of a Christmas of freedom where we can move around again, which may mean for some of us to literally leave the city, be with family, exchange presents, eat good food, and in general, just forget about the last quarter of this year. It is a worthy goal to have in front of us as an endpoint to this period of COVID containment and restriction. It's an end that seems to promise to give us a feeling that our lives are perhaps back on track. Something familiar has returned again. But I want to ask though, how will you be getting to that end? As in, what way will you be doing so? During the last several weeks of life in Alert Level 3, on really hot days, I've been taking my little boy Jimmy down to a local beach cove that's near our house. It's called Soldiers Bay. 
and we have to walk on a gravel track through bush full of Cody for about a kilometer to get there. Now, now Jimmy has really taken to the water and he loves splashing around in the surf and swimming. So, so when I tell him at home that we're heading there, he excitedly changes into his swimming togs, he packs a towel, he starts gleefully shouting at me, Dad, hurry, the beach, the beach! And we get in the car, we drive to the parking area, and as I turn around, and I turn off the engine and turn around to him, his legs are already wildly flailing around. He is running the route already from his car seat as I unclip his seatbelts. And when we get to the track, and we walk to the beach, he runs nearly the whole way, the whole kilometer. He cannot wait to get to the beach and to get into that surf. Meanwhile, I am not quite on the same journey as my son. Unlike him, I've spent the entire day immersed in work, which at the moment means a lot of working on a computer in front of a screen. And so for me, while I look forward to the play in the surf with him, it's actually the walk on the track that is my moment to clear my head, to pray, to slow my breathing, to still my frantic mind, and to enjoy some sunshine bursting through the trees, the warm breeze hitting my face. You know, it's a moment to spot a tui or two. It's time to see the latest progress of a clearing for a new walk track that's about halfway along the, bu the bushwalk, and to say hi to the workers who are leaving from working there all day. You know, I spotted this massive skink one time, and I called out to Jimmy to come and look at it. Come and look at the skink, Jimmy! But it was no use. He was too far in front of me. He's not interested in coming to see it. No, Dad, the beach! He calls from a distance away. He can't wait to get to the water. He doesn't care about anything until he gets there. Meanwhile, I'm okay with taking my time. I know what will, be, what will be waiting for me at the end of the walk. The walk is just a moment of things to see. You know, we both long for the experience of fun at the beach. His longing makes him run to it. Meanwhile, I know that we can start experiencing the fun along the way. Now, I wonder if that's a metaphor for us to hold in our minds as we begin this Advent journey. Which are you? Now, are you desperate to burst ahead and to get out of this current situation? Your mind already set on the end of the year, maybe quite literally to get to the beach? Or are you able to slow yourself down now, while we're still a way off, to check your stride, to look up and to see around you what is happening as we head to the destination that we will get to? You know, as you head to Christmas, in what way do you find your soul is this Advent? What is the longing in you? Well, this is the soul work of Advent together. In this series and in this season, we collectively slow down to take a careful and intentional look at the state of our souls along the way. The end goal is the same as it is every 25th of December, Christmas. And that is Christ and his arrival into human history. Or we could say, God and his arrival into reality. And what Advent does is it prepares us and it asks us if we are still truly paying attention to that good news. And there are two ways that we can get to the destination ahead. Some of us want to sprint to the end of the track, not paying much attention to the bush at all. As long as we make it to the event on the day and we promptly get started with the festivities and the celebrations. But Advent done properly, invites us to start Christmas four weeks early, walking the track slowly and deliberately, paying attention to the way there, and most importantly, how we are responding along the journey. You know, if it's done properly, we'll all notice maturely the way our souls are 
as we finish this massive year. And no matter what you find inside of you at the moment, my prayer is that you will meet the one who has come to bring peace to your soul's deepest longings. Now, to do this, we have sent you all Venn Institute's Advent Devotional. And we're going to be basing each reflection on Sunday off the week ahead in this resource. So you can go into your week with that resource and keep reflecting on it further. Today's reflection is all wrapping around the card for the first week of Advent, which opens with the reading of Psalm 25. Now, I'm not going to read that all to you today. I'm going to leave you to do that yourself in your own way this this week. But I am going to prime the pump a little bit for you. So in verses 4 to 5, we find this means to an end, this way idea again. This is what it says in verses 4 to 5. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. Now the psalmist, David, asks God to show him the right path to be on, to point out which road to take. And it's worth asking, you know, if the last three months were a path that you have been on, what would you say the journey has been like? How have you traveled? And for David, the traveling hadn't been easy. Hence why he is asking for God's help. In the same Psalm, he says near the end, turn to me and have mercy for I am alone and I'm in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. That's verses 16 to 17. He goes on to speak of his enemies having the upper hand over him. And he finishes the poem with a gut level intercessory cry in verse 22. He says this, Oh God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. Now, I'm not for tampering with scripture, but if you make this your own cry and swap Israel for Aotearoa or, or us, could there be any truer eight words to finish this year with? Oh God, ransom Aotearoa from all its troubles. Or maybe if we increase the word count just by one more, oh God, ransom the world from all all its troubles. In Isaiah 64, 1-3, the language sounds very similar. It opens up with, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. You know, what a statement of faith. You see, in their life with God, the people of God have long cried out their laments for God to come and work amongst them. Their faith has been entrusting Him to do this work. And when He isn't, or when God has been quiet, or seemingly behind their schedule, what has come out of them? Well, this honest cry of desire, these declarations of placing hope in God to do His work, these are faithful laments of waiting. And so for the people of God, at this point of the story, the steps that brought them through history to the Christmas event were not events of victory and triumph, but the events of loss and disorder. And that is why there is such an active longing and lament on their lips. They simply had to let out what was wrong and express to God that He would be their saving power. They cried out that the Messiah would come soon and come and fix what was unjust, fixing what was broken, fixing what was corrupted. You know, it's important to point out that sometimes, not always though, we get to live 
with the benefit of knowing the end point of a journey or a story. You know, think of the location that you frequent and as a result, you know the route well. You know, maybe it's going to work or a family member's house or it's your favorite holiday spot each year. When we frequent it, we often stop paying attention to the changes of the route along the way. And the Christmas story is one of those destinations that most of us know really, really well. And so we know what the end is that we're approaching. But while it's good to know well the destination that we're heading to, we must take care to not disregard the bigger journey that has taken to get there because there are still important lessons in the connections of all of those earlier means to that end. The connections leading up to the Christmas story are ones of expectant waiting, of lament and faithful hope. Now, I know this isn't a nice topic. I know it doesn't necessarily feel good, but it is crucial. If we are going to walk the way of Advent well, we must start here with this honest truth that we too are to express our loss, our disorder from the year behind us, and tell God our longings, the desires that are unmet, the sin that emerged, the addiction that came back, the loneliness that ensued, the relationship that evaporated, the virus that ruined all of our plans, the ways we've tried and they have not worked out. And it's in this honest connection, in what has not worked out, and what has been broken, and what has been sin, and what has been imperfect, that we will connect better with David's line in that psalm, where in verse 5 he said, For you are the God who saves me. Here's the beautiful exchange here. In our expectant waiting and in our lament, the Christ who came to save us becomes an even greater Saviour. Now, if we don't pinpoint the disorder that we need saving from, we don't appreciate what we've been saved of. Lament is a chance to be honest, and in telling the truth, we can bring things to light. We can hold them in hope of change and redemption. And so in closing, ask yourself a couple of soul questions as a means to the end of being a more hopeful person this Christmas. Here are the questions. Number one. Where do you long for God's presence? Question two. Where do you want God to come and change things? What are your answers? You sit with them. Pray them back to God. Write them down. You're allowed to faithfully express your longings to Him. You might find this is the start of walking on the right path in the right way again. The beginning of a healing journey of reordering your life around Christ after such a difficult season. You might sense faith rising in you as you connect again with hope. Kicking off a burst of intercession, echoing Isaiah, telling God to rend the heavens and come again. You might simply find yourself exhausted and in need of a saviour. Well then let him come and save you caring to you in kindness and love. Oh God, transform us from all our troubles.